I am Tate Frazier, and I am joined again in quarantine by the kid, BJ Armstrong. BJ, how you holding up? Ooh, you know, my good friend Tate, we are, uh, it's been a while, you know, we, we're, 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 mm-hmm. we're, we're literally pushing through. Yes. And, um, you know, it's uh, every day, you know, is a, mm-hmm. is a challenge and uh, every day is, um, you know, we're just, you know, trying to get through these uncharted waters or territory that we're all in and we're dealing with it so uh but we're you know what we're we're playing our part doing our you know what we have to do over here to get through and uh we're just wishing everyone to stay safe and uh let's get to the get through this together yeah exactly uh the the words that come to mind when, when i you know have been going through this process is scratching and surviving you know what I mean? We're trying to find the good times. Uh, we're, we're trying to find the good moments. And again, on this podcast, pushing through, you and I, we like to have fun. We like to keep it light. We like to laugh. Uh, we, we like to talk about what's going on in the world. So I, I would call this a temperature check, right? This would be a pushing through temperature check. Uh, I, like I, wanted to, I wanted to check in on you. I wanted to check in on Mike Midas, our producer. I, I wanted to check in on the world. Um, and one of the things I wanted to check on uh, in this time of sports coverage, BJ, is we're getting a lot of stories that are coming out, right? Stories we haven't heard before. And one of the stories that I saw that I thought might interest you is Kevin Hart has said uh, the reason and the problem with the, the new inter- <laughs> new generation of basketball players is they're not they don't have the Mamba mentality. And then he told a sto- <laughs> he told a story of uh, Kobe Bryant going to a basketball camp and only playing with his left hand. Uh, as a sign to show these kids that they don't really, they aren't built like Kobe. And I just wanted to hear your thoughts on this because it is, is a very old school story, right? To say, uh, you know, Kobe would go to camp and only use his left hand because he's working on his left hand. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's that's pretty funny, right? You know, everyone has these, you know, these, these stories. Um, I'll say this about, about you know old school new school true school you know mm-hmm. you know um when you when you play the game at the highest level right there is a there's a certain level of excellence that everyone has to go through the steps to get to to play in the at the professional ranks right mm-hmm. and what you're seeing now with today's youth, if I can just observe it, right? It doesn't make it mm-hmm. right or wrong or indifferent, is that the steps necessary to get to greatness or get to the NBA, it's not the same, right? You know, there mm-hmm. was a, okay, what I mean by that is when you came up through the high school ranks, you went to college and you learned how to play without the ball for the most part your freshman and sophomore year mm-hmm. because the juniors and seniors were the leaders of the team and even though you may have been good <laughs> like a michael jordan michael jordan still had to defer to james worthy his freshman year so he had to learn how to play without the ball and then by the time he became a upperclassman which you know he was a junior i think he left school after his junior year Mm-hmm. then he started playing with the ball in his hands. And then the funny thing about all of that is when you got to the NBA, you kind of, you had to repeat that cycle again. Today's players don't go through that step, right? They play with the ball in high school. 
They go to college for one year, they play with the ball, and it's expected that they're going to get the ball again once they come into the NBA. So one of the things that I've seen over the years with great players is that the great players of that era, doesn't make it right or wrong, had to learn how to play without the ball, which I think is a key element to understanding the concept of team. The concept of team is a is 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 it's a it's it's a it's a very tangible thing that's necessary because if you're going to be a great player, you have to learn how to play with a group. You have to learn how to manage a group. You have to have some level of leadership. And and, and the reason being is because the game was never meant to be played by just one person. The game was meant to be played as a team. So what you're seeing today whether we call it the Mamba mentality or, you know, whatever instinct you want to give it, whatever, however you want to describe it. That player of yesteryear had to learn how to play on a team. Mm -hmm. And he had to learn, he or she had to learn how to play and integrate their talent, their individual talent into the group. So I think that is the difference of that era with this era. It doesn't make it right or wrong. Because in the end, it still comes down to a group effort, right? And mm -hmm. I think over the last five years, you've seen that with the Warriors. Five or six years, you've seen that with the Warriors. They've played together as a group. And I think mm -hmm. last year, you, it was really brought to the forefront again by the Toronto Raptors. They played together as a group. So if you're going to win and if you're going to achieve that level of greatness, the game always reverts back to what it is at the highest level, but for some reason, the regular season has taken on an individual look because mm -hmm. now we just look at the players who play one-on-one -on -one basketball and you see more isolation now in the NBA than you have ever seen in probably the history of the game. I mean, there's more mm -hmm. individual play now for longer periods of time than I can ever recall since my involvement in the NBA and it's been over 30 years now so it just mm -hmm. is what it is doesn't make it right or wrong but if you're going to win you're still going to have to play team basketball and I guess you know that that's what makes playoff basketball so fun and exciting is because the game reverts back to its purity which is team concept and uh, you got to have great individual plays but those plays will happen within the framework of the team. Yeah, and you mentioned the the mama mentality that Kevin Hart was talking about, and I love that Kevin Hart is now a you know a, a voice of basketball and to the young right. generation saying this is how you need to work. But you know it dates back into like when we did the three generational thing. You know it's like the Jordan kid, the the Kobe kids, the LeBron kids. But you know people forget, and we've talked about this before with, with Kobe's whole situation. Yes, he won the dunk contest his rookie year when he was eighteen years old, but he also you know we saw him against the Jazz take all those shots and had all those moments of air balls where you know he had to come back from that which I think is a lot lost on some people also with the mama mentality it's like it's not always successes it's the whole Jordan quote where he says you know I've, t I've missed however many game winning shots so I can make the one shot you know what I mean like that that's all it is you have to keep getting over the hump um, and speaking of getting over the hump and talking about current basketball and the playoffs and things turning into team basketball BJ, what do you think about this? It, 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 it turns out that Giannis Antetokounmpo, he doesn't have a basketball hoop at home. 
you talked about uh, unprecedented times and, and, and overcoming those to, to enter greatness. Well, Giannis can't even practice basketball at the moment. He can't even shoot a basketball. He says he's doing, you know, work from home, fitness from home, you know, to stay in shape and all that other stuff. But what does that do as a basketball player if you can't actually shoot on a hoop? And what kind of advantage does it have for someone that does have a hoop in their house? I, I don't really think there's an advantage at this point, you know, you know, as I've been talking to players and people in the league and the union and so forth. Yeah. You know, at this point, I think everyone is beginning to realize the significance of what's going on here. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't think there is pessim. I don't think people are becoming pessimistic about the possibility of the season coming back. I think everyone now who's been around the league long enough to, is experienced enough to understand that, you know what, it's going to be very difficult to play basketball this season. If we're going to, if we're, if, as we're looking at the calendar, as we're looking at the health of the players, the people participating, the people running the arenas, so forth and so on. I think this is becoming obvious that this is a much taller and bigger task than we probably anticipated three or four weeks mm -hmm. ago as we're learning more and more as we go along here. So um, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen, but what I do know is that as I'm beginning to gather more and more information, the difficulty of pulling off a season um, at this point seems to be you know, more and more difficult as I gather more information. I, I don't see how they're going to do it. Maybe there's a possibility. There's been a lot of things talked about, um, mm -hmm. you know, which we've seen all over social media and the news uh, as far as playing sports. But, you know, you know, we, we have to be very responsible in what we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know how they're going to do it, even if it's possible and as I look into the big picture, right, if you take the long play, uh, if I was an owner, right, if I can play couch owner at the moment, my biggest concern would be not missing the entire next season or part of next season. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have to wait. At some point, you're going to have to say, what is possible to you know recover or play as much as you can this season if that's possible but the most important thing to me if i was an owner is i don't want to miss all of next season i don't want to miss mm -hmm. any of next season if possible i want to be prepared so that the fans feel safe we mm -hmm. have the trust of the public to know that they can come into these arenas or come into these venues and and be safe we want to make sure that our players are safe and we want to make sure that whatever is necessary uh, that we need to do moving forward for the arenas, for the fans, for the players, for, for all the people working in the arenas, mm -hmm. that everyone knows that moving forward, we took all the steps necessary to make sure that their health was priority number one, two, and three. Mm -hmm. And right now, there's too much uncertainty to even take that risk to come back and play without us having all of the facts or having all of the information. So mm -hmm. I, I would be more concerned about the start of next season, in my opinion, than worried about trying to salvage any part of this season. Which is interesting, right, PJ? Because, you know, we've seen, <clears throat> you know, since the 
the announcement, right, of, of the the postponement of the NBA season. You know, we've seen the cancellation of March Madness and the NCAA. We've seen them come out and say, you know, those kids that were winter sports, the basketball players basically, to, to, to put it, you know, in a framework, they won't be able to get an extra year of eligibility. Unfortunately, the season is basically a wrap. Um, with the NBA, we've seen suggestions of, you know, uh, as outlandish as, you know, we may play in a bubble um, and it might be like bubble boys, you know, playing basketball. I mean, that, <laughs> right. that, that's how that's how deep we've gotten into the vortex. And it's exactly what you said. I mean, logistically, the safety concerns seem like they 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 are too great and too grave um, to put on the season. But again, you know, we'll see how things play out. But I mean, the, the one note we can point to with the one sporting event that did have some sort of announcement was the masters. The masters came out today and said that it will be uh, the week of November 9th, I believe um, through the 15th, that whole week in Augusta. So that's the only like sporting event that was in this time period that it has already been rescheduled. It'll be interesting to see if that holds up and where that goes, but that's just one thing to, to kind of point to, to say, okay, there's like a, a timeline, I guess in their mind that November, they may be able to put on this event. So that that's something to, to keep an eye on obviously but yeah it is it is all about the safety of the nba players and and speaking of their safety and it, it maybe not so safety they're playing a 2k tournament bj have you seen this oh, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what what is your advice like as an oh, agent like do, do you let your player go and play in this tournament because kevin durant was upset in the first round he was a, i think he was a kevin one durant seed was and kevin he was upset, was upset by upset. Who's verifying who's good and who's not? That's what I want to know. How did he get upset? You know? All right. So I did watch this because my 19-year-old son said, hey, hey, Dad, are you, are you watching this? I was like, no. But <laughs> I thought I would turn it on, right? Okay. okay. Now I'm going to get old, right? And I didn't get it, right? I didn't get it. And mm-hmm. uh, hey, come on. Like... <laughs> I, I don't get it. <laughs> like, do I really want to see someone playing virtual reality basketball? Right. You know, and, uh, but I don't know. I, I, I want to need, I need help <laughs> for you guys to explain this one to me. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I didn't, I, I, I'm, I, I don't know what to say on that one. You, you, I'm at a loss of words. I will say this. I mean, in our generation growing up, right, 2K was first NBA Live, then NBA 2K. Every single person that is around my age, if we were in high school, you know, through college, like if you go over to someone's house, they're either playing Call of Duty, uh, which means they, they're they a little bit wild, uh, or they're playing like Madden or they're playing 2K, right? So there was always like a communal game to bring people together. And it's just, you know, it's always fun to like have Kevin Durant on your team and he puts up 90 points and shoots 90% from the field because, again, it's a made-up, you know, <laughs> reality that we're living in but it is crazy to see these guys play as themselves playing each other when they can't play each other and that be what our sports are now it's got to be good for esports like i think if you're in the esports business this is this is this is go time right yeah okay i'll I'll give give it that Uh, you know i'll give it that (laughs) maybe maybe that's all we got and then i i also have to bring up uh the other idea that we have going on is a horse tournament um which the last game of horse that I watched and I enjoyed was Larry Bird versus Michael Jordan uh, for, I think, a Big Mac. Um, (laughs) Do you you think this is a good idea? Is there a chance that a horse tournament could draw in some viewers? Like, I don't know if I could watch that. Larry Bird versus Michael, that was probably the peak. Is this, you know what, you know what would be fun, though? You know what what? would be fun? What what, what (laughs) peak my interest? What peak my interest? If you could have the, retired players like mm-hmm. i want to see larry Burge. 
I would tune in to see Larry Bird versus Steph Curry. Okay. Yeah. I would tune here. in to see, you know, Reggie Miller versus Clay Thompson. Mm. Mm. I, I would tune in to see that. I like I, I really would too because it would like pique my interest. You know what I mean? It would like you no know, when, when you're retired, right? When you when you are retired, you know, I, I love watching the videos of the guys now in working on in the summer, right? You know, mm-hmm. guy just <laughs> he makes, you know, he makes twenty out of twenty five threes, right? And people were like grinding. <laughs> and you know, they put hashtag working on my game. And then I'm like, okay. You know, I I I I'm old, right? I'm old. I'm I'm 52. I, I can't I, I can't play. I, I I get it. But I could go in the gym right now and make 20 out of 25 threes. <laughs> now that that's that's not hard to do. <laughs> okay. I got one problem right now. Tate, I can't get open to make a three in the game. <laughs> but if I'm just standing there, Tate. <laughs> With no defense, <laughs> and someone's just passing me the ball, Tate. Right now, I can just go and stand in the corner and make twenty out of twenty-five threes. I can do that, Tate. I can't well, get open. I can't do. I can't shoot over a defense. I can't do any of that. So, and what I and the reason I'm saying that is because when you can shoot, Chris Mullen, Ray mm-hmm. Allen. Reggie Miller, those guys can shoot right now. Now, they might not be able to get open to shoot, but they can shoot. Now, that would pique my interest if we're just going to play horse or we're just going to, like, shoot open shots. Because now, you know, that to me would be fun, right? That to me would be like, okay, let's see what's going on. That that would be... You know what I mean? Like if he's just talking, just just shooting. I'm just shooting open shots. I'm just shooting open shots. Like you, you know what I mean? I, I I would love to see that. I would love I to would, see that one. I would too. Like Craig Hodges versus Paige Stoyakovich for the best three point shooter oh, man, of all time. I would see, yeah, yeah, yeah. See now you're talking Craig Hodges, Mark Price, Paige. Mm. Okay, bring on all these guys who can shoot right now because those guys were shooting with such accuracy. So you get me fired up now. You know how to get me fired up. I would love to see Craig Hodges shoot right now and Trent Tucker and all of those guys. <laughs> like, just shoot. If you're just talking about shooting. Now, if you got to get open and move, they can't do that. But I'm just going to stand and shoot. I, I, I would love to see would... Mark Price shoot right now. That that, oh. that would be That would be fun to me. That would be a fun thing to start. Can we start that? Can we start putting that on social media? Let's I get think that's these the older new challenge. guys. The, yeah, that's the, the new challenge. challenge. Yeah, yep. now you know what? Let's let, let's get some interest here because you know what? That that would be fun. That would be a lot well, of fun, actually. It's got to start with you though, BJ. So who would you call out? Like who would you start playing horse against? Who would be the person that you're like, all right, what's up, Baron Davis? All right, you know what's up, Alex? Like Alex English? Like who is it that you would call out and say, I, I want to play you in horse? You know, we used to play horse. I, see, I, I got a different, <laughs> I got a different look on horse. Like, like we would play horse when I was playing, and it's just a matter of who got hot that day, right? You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because That's it, all. It's it, what it's it, supposed it, to be. Yeah, you, you know what I mean? Like, like who, who would I want to, who would I want to <laughs> shoot against? Because it's all about creativity, too. It's not even just about, you know, are they a good shooter? Do you think you could beat them? It's like, do I want to have a fun game? You know, because I, I feel like Larry Bird would be a fun game. Michael Jordan would be a fun game. Those are the obvious answers just because of the creativity behind some of the ideas they would have. But 
Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm trying. Mark Price would be fun. Maybe you versus Steve Kerr. Oh, you talking about like old guys? You talking about the older guys? Yeah, I was thinking of the or, new or, guys. Oh, the oh, old, you're thinking of the new. Oh, the new guys. You should, oh, call, you should call someone out on social media. You should. should you should shoot one shot. You should shoot like a, a from like from the from the elbow off the backboard, and then just post it to social media and call someone out and <laughs> stay stay home horse challenge. Yeah, stay home horse. <laughs> That would be, you know, today, okay, the, the thing about today, which I know I couldn't do, but I never practiced it, is these guys are shooting with range that I just never, I never thought. Like, like, <laughs> like when I watch Damian Lillard play, I don't even know if that's a bad shot now. Like, you, <laughs> you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, yeah, you watch Damian Lillard, you like, is that a bad shot? You, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know. He makes them. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, but I, I would, I would, I would love to shoot against some, some of these kids just to see how good they really are. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like, like when you watch Steph Curry shoot, okay. I'm amazed at the variety of shots he can shoot, mm-hmm. but what's more impressive is how accurate he shoots them. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just not a guy who's just chucking up shots, right? He's a, he's a very responsible shooter. Uh, and how he shoots. Um, but I would love to just shoot with those guys. I would love to, <laughs> you know, him, Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, CJ McCullough, mm-hmm. you know, some of these guys like, you, you know, you know, like Kyle Korver. I would, I, I just want to be, I just want to be in that game. Right. You know, you know, everyone's going to shoot, you know, everyone's going to shoot a minimum of let's say 70% on an off day, right? Everyone's going to make mm-hmm. seven out of 10 from every spot. Mm-hmm. Now it's just a matter of how consistent can you be nine for 10 or 10 for 10? That's how I look at it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like you're talking one or two shots. Like I used to play all the time with Chris Muller mm-hmm. and we used to just shoot like 10 a spot to see how accurate we could be. I'm like, you might go three or four spots and everyone's 10 for 10, 10 for 10, 10 for 10. The guy who, lo- the guy who lost that day was the guy who missed one shot. So we shot like, <laughs> you shot like 69 out of 70 and lost. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, to me, <laughs> that was fun, right? You're just like, let me see if how perfect I can be. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you're talking about the way that these guys shoot, you know, the Chris Mullins, the, 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 the Mark Prices, the Trent Tuckers, the Craig Hodges, you're just talking the difference of one or two shots. And that's what I would like to see because these guys are shooting with much more volume than the previous generation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you just didn't chuck 10 threes up in a game on a consistent mm-hmm. basis like these guys do today. So that would be fun for me to do just to see how good these guys really are because I appreciate how they shoot, but I just want to see for myself. <laughs> right? Yeah, I you sort of see, see it up close. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, 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 it's, it, that's just a competitive spirit. Like, like winning and losing, I don't really care about. I just want to see how accurate someone can be under duress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you, you everyone, when, when you're in a game and you're in a flow, look, you, you just, you, you can make shots, you can make shots all the time. But when you walk in the gym and Larry Bird's in the gym, mm-hmm. now that's a different type of pressure. That's a different type of pressure, especially if he has a Big Mac and he wants to play you for it. Because yeah, 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 uh, that's then, what I'm then it's a you real, know? then it, it's real pressure. Yeah, yeah, gotta... Exactly, you know what I mean. It, it, it'd be different. It's like you play, you sh- you're playing horse against somebody who you know can't shoot, but you're playing horse against Larry Bird. Suddenly now you know 
the difference is just one shot. That's the difference. It's pressure on every shot. And then I was going to point out, I remember Sam Perkins when we were at All-Star Game, he was telling us the story about Mike Dunleavy. And Mike Dunleavy every day would go at him and make him go around, you know, and shoot with him around the world. And Dunleavy doesn't miss. Yeah, Yeah, he didn't didn't miss. Mike Dunleavy (laughs) could shoot. You know, like I would love to, you know, like one of my fantasies when I was younger to play horse against was was George Gervin. Like Mm. I wanted to Mm. play against the ice. like The ice man. I just wanted to see the finger roll, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> I just wanted to see that. So, but again, you know, that would, that would really, really, that that would be so much fun to me. If you could just let guys just shoot, because you know, these guys can still shoot, right? If you oh, can absolutely. shoot, it's like riding a bike, you can shoot, you can shoot, but you're just talking the difference of a shot or two, because everyone at a minimum, these guys are so good on an off day. Steph Curry will make seven out of 10 threes on an off day. Mm-hmm. Let's say he's just mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. But when he's really in tune, he probably will shoot somewhere between 90 to 100% at 10 or more on, spots. Yeah, on, on open shots every single time. On exactly. open shots. I mean, this yeah. guy will make 90% of every open shot he shoots. To me, that is like, wow. Like, th- those guys are really that good. So, mm-hmm. you know, I tried to be that good. Like, if I was open, you know, well, I used to always say, if I'm open, that's what I, that's what I do. I make open mm-hmm. shots. You know, there's three types <laughs> of shooters. There's guys who make open shots, those who create shots, and then those are those guys who can't shoot. Now, which one mm-hmm. are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Which one and, are you? And, and the guy that can shoot takes contested shots, and sometimes they go in, and that's their, you know, that, yeah, they point yeah, to the yeah. bench. See, I told y'all, I just take hard shots. You're like, yeah, but we don't want hard shots. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It. You know, <laughs> there's guys who can create shots. You know, the yeah. Kobe Bryant's and those guys, they can create shots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. you know the 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 guys, Steve Kerr, you know, the B.J. Armstrongs, those guys make open shots. Mm-hmm. And then there's other guys who guys who can't shoot. Mm-hmm. And they play and defense. We they, they the, play, best ca- hey, the best case scenario. Always, yeah, and I used to always tell guys, there's a reason you're open and I'm not. <laughs> because you can't shoot. <laughs> oh, we love that. We love that. Well, let's get this horse game going. Uh, I think the best the best version of that is somehow Vladi Divac is involved and he's shooting against Michael Jordan at home somewhere. I, I think that would be my, my dream scenario of this horse game. Uh, obviously, getting the young guys involved would be great. Jamal Crawford would be a great person. Jamal uh, Crawford so, would be... Yeah, Jamal he may Crawford win that. Would be, would be... He would be a... He would be really good. Yes, he is a shot yes. maker. Jamal yes. Crawford is a shot maker. He just uh-huh. makes shots. You know, yep. I would like to see Jamal Crawford versus like Vinny Johnson. Because the more difficult the shot, the more. <laughs> you know, he... Vinny Johnson was one of the guys when I played defense against him, and not that I stopped him by any stretch of the imagination, but there were a lot of times I wouldn't even contest the shot because if he if you contested the shot, he would make it. <laughs> <laughs> you, he was so good at making tough shots. Hmm. And it, it just depleted you as a defender because you were all over the guy and he would still make the shot. And then the shots he would miss is when no one was around him. He would yeah. miss those shots. And yeah. Jamar Crawford is one of those players. The more difficult the shot, he was he find a way to get a shot off. He just create space. And uh that, that that's a that's a true gift. 
Yeah, I think Jamal Crawford and Lou Williams would probably be my favorite of those oh, two types of that guys. Would be, yeah. That would be, oh, yeah. man, that's a good call. That would be, now nah, I would pay to see that too. You know what? <laughs> Lou Williams, you know what? I think that's the best one. That's, let's see, some of, some of those horse matches would pique my interest. That would be. Yes. I think America would be tuned in because Lou Will, you know, Lou Will's love yeah. on the streets. Uh, and, and Jamal Crawford Jamal is Crawford. also like, but both those guys would just be yeah, like, that'd that, be that like be basketball, like like basketball underground. That's like Talib Kweli and like most deaf, like battle rap. Oh, that would be you know pretty I mean? good. You know what? Can we get that? You know what? You know what? That's a good one. That would be, that would be really good. Yeah, that we'll would put be that. good. We'll put, Let's that, put out. that out. Let's put that we'll out put there. That. <laughs> I love that. I love that. We'll put that out to Jay. We'll put that out to JC. We appreciate Jamal Crawford. We had him on uh, a couple episodes ago. He's a great one. And uh, that would be yeah, really yeah we're gonna put good. yeah, we're gonna put that out to the world. Uh, but before we get out of here, BJ, the last last thing uh, for cleanup duty here, we have a little idea. This is an idea that uh, we all love here on this program. It's the idea of planet bars. Uh, mm. You are a purveyor of bars. You are a man that lives by bars. Uh, I'm appreciative of bars. Mike Midas has been in the room where plenty of bars have been dropped. Um, we ha- we want people to send it in to us. Just like, you know, you're 16, 16, uh, you know, just go at it, drop bars, let us know your mission statement. And uh, we're going to post them at the end of these shows, maybe put some videos out, right? Is, is that what we're going to do, BJ? We're going to support the people that want to put a message out? Absolutely. You know, you know, all of us here, you know, we've been in quarantine and we've been going through this yeah. together. But there's one thing that is, you, you know, I think will uh, will bond us together is music somehow is going to play a part in getting us through this. Mm-hmm. You know, as a kid, I love lyricism. Mm-hmm. I love lyrics. I love mm-hmm. conscious lyrics. When, yes. you, when, 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 the, when the lyrics and you have great music and lyrics, you know, that's what a rock hymn sounds like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, that's what, you know, when you have great music and lyricism, you know, that's what it, A Tribe Called Quest sounds like, you know, mm-hmm. EPMD or KRS-One or what have you. I would love to highlight great lyricists mm. who've put in out conscious music, saying things, uplifting the people. You know, every time I listen to one of my favorite groups, you know, Public Enemy, mm-hmm. you know, I've had the pleasure of meeting Chuck D and, 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 and he's become a friend over the years. And to hear how conscientious his music was and still is. You know, when you hear these guys like Pharaoh Munch, when you hear these guys, you know, I, I, I'm just very appreciative of that because of the responsibility that they take uh, with their music. So um, I would love to do that. Hashtag Planet Bars. Mm-hmm. And uh, that'd, be, that'd be great. Something to do and, uh, and, and, and keep, you know, supporting, you know, great artists. Yes. Their music and these talents that some of these MCs have, you know, and yes. um, that 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 be that would be a lot of fun to do. And that's you know, for my generation, that's the the Dreamvilles, the TDEs, you know. What I oh mean? man, I mean, yeah. Yeah, 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 all those guys. I mean, even for me, I mean, I, as I was coming up, Black Star was pretty popular. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, the, Black Star. I mean, Talib Kweli, shout out, Talib man. You know, Kweli. he's got a great podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Black Star, come on. I mean, that, that that's just you know, you, you talking about. J. Cole, you talk about Kendrick mm-hmm. Lamar, you talking about 
when you hear great lyricism and great music, you know, it just, it, it's something about it, right? It's just, it, it makes you feel good. So, uh, you know, we, we, we want to continue to put those positive vibes, you know, those, those positive vibrations out into the world because mm-hmm. uh, we all need it at this time. Yeah, exactly. We're going to find good flows. We're going to keep it flowing. We're going to keep it pushing. And again, as always, BJ, if you're in water, make waves. We'll be back later in the week. Thanks for pushing through.